0: Plushcare.com/slash/weight-loss. You're listening to Acton
2: Millwall,
1: broadcasting from
2: the beautiful South no Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to an international break edition of Acton Millwall. Joining me to, for your pleasure, for your listening, and hour of pleasure. This non-mill weekend are the two of the uh, the pick of the of the uh, mill panel. It's Mr. Harry Warren to start us off with. How are you doing, H? Yeah,
0: I'm good. I hope everyone's enjoying the uh, 85th international break of the new season.
2: It does seem to come around very often, doesn't it? Especially this particular week. But uh, there we are. But also joining me on the show is the newly announced minister to combat. Common, well, to, to bring in common sense and combat wokery, it's Mr. Neil Fissler. How are you, Neil?
1: Not too bad. I have actually offered my services to Esther McVay, but as of yet, she hasn't <laughs> taken Very kind off that.
2: <laughs> what services were you offering her, though? Is this wokery and, and, and common sense we're trying to bring in, mate?
1: Yeah, well, I was going <laughs> yeah, to offer her plenty of advice on what not to
0: do. <laughs> <come>. <laughs>
1: And things like that, a swift right-hand would have done it, wouldn't
0: it, let's be honest. Oh dear. Maybe starting with teaching the Metropolitan Police the idea of double standards, which would be <laughs> a good start. Welcome,
2: welcome to the political edition of Acton Mill, but no, it's the international break edition, dear listeners, so we're going to move swiftly on. Um, It's been an exciting week at the Den after that 4-0 Victory up there at Sheffield Wednesday last week. The Edwards Revolution is in full swing, it seems. Harry, are you are you excited that Joe Edwards is on the South London Press, London News, trying not trying to damn me? Wants the whip expectations up still further after that incredible first match in charge. It says, um, how "Are you seeing the Edwards Revolution, mate? You enjoying Millwall?" Suddenly,
0: it's um, one it's one game. It's very one game. I've been hurt before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I've been hurt. No, we all? I've had fifty exactly. odd years of getting hurt. You know? um, I, I just think, look, I think we would have had a new manager, bounce whoever we went with. I think it was very, very stale by the end of Gary Rowett. Um, so, yep, yeah, great start. Can't ask for more. Jake Cooper is back into overlapping runs into the other teams, um, yeah. into the other team's half, which we haven't seen for maybe eighteen months. To you know. Uh, two years and and it's all good so yeah, you know. Um,
2: forward with Wes Harding.
0: Yeah um, I mean you know that's it's not something that we haven't seen before but we haven't seen it done for a long while so you know they're promising signs the green shoots of spring shall we say.
2: What we haven't seen before Neil I suppose is the idea that we attack as a matter of policy um, the idea that you know Jake and, and Harding will Will get forward playing attacking balls rather than some of the more um dull um football we've seen for for a long while. Increasingly under the former coach Gary Rowett. I mean, a, I'm just looking. At, there's a a long article on um, with Richard Crawley, an interview with Joe Edwards, and I I do get a good sense from this this guy, Neil. He's coming from nowhere slightly. Obviously, well known within the the football world, but, you know, the stuff he's saying and the way that he presents himself and the, you know, use the word again, the common sense kind of approach that he seems to be employing um, is really refreshing. I, I, I mean, I, I don't know about you, but I, I feel quite enlivened with Mill at the moment.
1: Let's be honest. Let's temper one or two things because we've played uh, a team who are the championship, championship equivalent of the dog and duck. <laughs> and we pulled them off the park. Yeah, we can't yeah. read really too much into that result. They were absolutely awful. And if we hadn't have done what we did, we've done what was expected of us. Yeah, I'm tempted. You will know, keep on reading all of these analogies that we've gone from like Pang shop lemonade to to champagne football,
0: uh,
1: <laughs> uh, but. Okay, it was good. We played pretty well, and that could have been a game in previous incarnations where we might actually have taken our foot off the gas and uh, ended up drawing it or even losing it. it. It would have been a remarkable feat to have actually have lost to them because they were absolutely Shocking,
0: weren't they? Really shocking. It's nice um, to for Wednesday, because I fucking hate them. I've never forgiven them for that fucking ghost goal. I still, I still sometimes wake up in the middle. Oh, of the one nil then all those a, years a ago, which basically relegated us with the Becko kit. I can't remember what year that was. Yeah, well that was oh, yeah. the
1: idiot referee that actually allowed the goal celebration, wasn't it? Yeah, then, no, I it. Yeah, were them to take the. Uh, Probert wasn't it? Lee Probert was the referee, or
2: somebody oh, like that. I hold he, no grudge against them for that. I mean, what, what I would say, and, and I think, <laughs> just, just, just to just to touch on what you've said there, Neil, because I did watch the whole game back for you, dear listeners. I suffered and watched the whole game on on Millwall TV. Um, and what what you got to say is, and I think Joe Edwards says it here, in fairness to him, in this interview with Rich Corley. He says the first 15 20 minutes were tough. I would say the first half an hour up until the goal. Um, Wednesday weren't brilliant for sure. And I I take that point that you've made anyway. They they created a few moments where a better team, a better set of strikers might have scored a goal. Um, they had they had moments and opportunities. Uh, you know, so the game, as every game, swings on small moments, and they didn't get their chances, uh, didn't take their chances, and we did. Um, but they they weren't. Um, completely out of it initially. Once we started to, once we got in front, and this is, I think, the big contrast with the railway regime, Harry, is that we, we pressed forward and we carried on pressing forwards. We we put our foot on the neck, so to speak, whereas the inclination always under GR was um, take your foot, you know, defend it. Um, you know, 2-0 up at half-time, we would have seen a very, very different defensive display in the second half. Whereas at least as an initial impression, Joe Edwards seems to be more committed to going forwards.
0: Inevitably conceding a cheap goal at some point. Yeah, we we might have
2: seen it through for 2-1, I don't know. But whereas under Edwards, um, he seems more committed to pressing his foot on the neck, you know, so to speak. And um, we carried on attacking, we carried on going forwards as ever, as Neil said, against the poor side. But that change in approach, if that's how it's going to continue, and all of the interviews he's doing, seems to imply that's going to be his policies to go forwards more that's that's got to be music to our ears
0: well it's more Millwall, isn't it it's Millwall wall we'd rather we'd rather go out on our shield in every single way that's just yeah the, that's just the club we'd rather you have a go and we are the club for the big occasion or have been through history we live on moments when we we accept that we're not gonna we're not gonna win the league you know, we're not gonna win the Champions League and we're not gonna win the Premier League. So you live for the moments. To try and have a go all the time isn't a bad isn't a bad philosophy. Okay, we'll we accept not having a go against a man city if they come to the den or someone like that. But you know, there's most of the teams in the championship I'd say are as good as us, or if not a little bit worse, basing it on last season, and we shouldn't really fear anyone other than the ones that I expect to, you know, roll through the division. And um, I think it got to a point where, uh, with Rowett, you knew that we were just going to try and defend, and teams had worked out how to beat that defence, and and therefore it was a failed, sort of a failed policy by this season. There was something was I was- under Adam sure.
1: Barrett that we were playing a lot better football, mm. and uh, yeah, you actually noticed a difference when Adam Barrett took over. Yeah, I'm not quite sure if it was just that Rowett's f- ball wasn't there anymore but you seem to enjoy games more. And then you go into last week, and we were just creating chance after chance after chance, really, weren't we? Yeah, but the strikers weren't having to create chances for themselves They'd get the ball on the edge of the box and the ball in the box and things like that. It's a, it, was, it, it was very refreshing to see what I don't want Joe Edwards to do, and i'm saying this as a journalist really mm. because mm. You, because in journalism you always knock people up to to actually bring fail. them back down again yeah yeah, yeah. for him to build himself up and to build our expectations up because as soon as because you know what it's like at millwall a couple of bad results and it will suddenly be Joe Edwards. Your football is shit. The will say and take that Camp Myers with you. <laughs> so, I started
2: you know, off um, the, previous, <laughs> the previous show. One one of the chaps, uh, Jim. Jim, shout out to Jim. Jim Lilla, sent me some um, recording at the end of the game when there was the Joe Edwards song. I mean, listeners might have heard it on the previous edition of Act One. One Joe, one Joey Edwards. Um, there's only one Joey Edwards, so. Um, I, I, I hope that he is given time. I mean, I, I do think that he's, he's clearly is um, ex- both experienced in a footballing sense, um, but inexperienced in a managerial sense. And I think maybe the media side of it, Neil, is, is is an area that he might have to be thinking about because I'm just looking at some of the quotes from this this interview with with uh, Rich Corley. Um, he he said he's he basically saying he wants people to get excited. He, I hope people do get excited about having a team that they enjoy watching well you know i think that's great i mean i, th- I think it's, it feels so refreshing it's like um it's like when you break up with somebody and you've met, met somebody new suddenly you're alive again aren't you you know you're, you're you're looking forward to all the things of life again and so but there is a danger that lies in that because as you say rightly um a couple of bad results and a couple of bad performances and it can all 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 turned. I really hope the mill support is a bit more um sophisticated than that, Harry. What do you think? Do you think we're sophisticated to see that this is going to be a project and we're gonna to have to take some bad games with some good games? Um I hope people are um think deeply enough to, to get that point but I, I wonder wonder whether you'd agree with that. Um <laughs> you paused, you hesitated, you're uh... done you, you're done for there. Are you <laughs> I, yeah. I, I you don't even bother answering I, it, Harry. Mm.
0: <laughs> mm. Are we? Are we patient at, at Millwall? Are we patient? Get it forward, you fucking prick. Would be my um. <laughs> would be my idea. Would be the line back to that. I, no, look, that's that's probably a Millwall stereotype. I think we can be patient at times. I think we'll give you. We, I think we're not as we're not. You know this. This idea, I remember back under fucking Holloway, you said... Holloway you got,
2: watch, a, got a good year of patience, didn't
0: he? Holloway do that weird fucking, come upstairs and watch me tell you how I'm better than this other manager that's about to turn up and tell you how you don't know what you're watching, even though what you are watching is fucking <laughs> chaos, right? And um, I, I just want to make it very clear that a lot of people gave Holloway a lot of time um, yeah. because... I don't know why. I can't actually remember. I know you didn't, Neil. I remember you called him hollow words very early. Well, you were a rare yeah, voice, the Neil, curve. in fairness,
2: weren't you? Yeah,
1: well, yeah, I called him hollow words before it even started and predicted that it would be a disaster.
2: But there we are. I mean, the point being that we, he was given plenty of slack. I think Gary Rower was given a lot of slack, as well.
0: Lot of
1: yeah, no, I think you're right. I think that. I think that, yeah, this stereotype of, yeah, but it's wrong. Yeah, but you'll get the odd disconcerting uh, uh, dissenting voice, voice. No matter what yeah. you do anyway, really. So, yeah. But I think he will be given a lot of time. Managers down there traditionally are. I think that what helped Rowett was we wrote the ground
0: for for nearly a year, weren't we during COVID? Yeah, the COVID times in that yeah. run, in that run where they didn't win in thirteen or whatever it was. Yeah. It was just...
1: Then everybody, then they started to win again, and we came back in. So he missed out on that large chunk of of a winless run, having fans there, and you kind of get away with that then. But yeah, well, it is what it is. Yeah, but well, let's look forward to the Joe Edwards era. It's great to look forward to to watching Millwall and to watching the game. And a bit of anticipation.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Yeah, well, I, yeah, I couldn't wait for that game last week just to see what the Joe Edwards era looked like. And I thought that it would take a bit of time before we hit the grand running. But he certainly hit the ground running. But then again, it was against the
0: Dog and Duck one. I'm looking forward to the Ipswich game because I feel like that would be like a meeting of two sort of coaches that are supposed to be this new fucking breed of of football coach.
1: Yeah, yeah. on Tuesday week, is
0: it? Is it Tuesday? Yeah, I think so. Is it Tuesday or
2: Wednesday? um, No, we're playing Coventry next Saturday. I think it's the midweek game. I think it's a Wednesday night game up there.
0: Huge test because...
1: That's a big test, yeah. Because, well, they're up there and they look like staying up there. I know
0: they've had a couple of results that haven't quite gone their way recently. I fucking hope they don't. I fucking hate Ipswich fucking town.
1: Yeah, is there one team that you really
0: uh, nonplussed about, Harry? That you You've got a gone? soft spot for, Harry. Anyone? What, a beige that I don't <laughs> care? Um, Brentford, Oxford, um, maybe. maybe. Don't really care about them. So, like, I'm, I, you know what, banality. I used to think, like, Fulham, QPR and Brentford, Just I used to look at them and go, I ain't even see that they're in London. I know they are, but they just, they're just nothing, right? They didn't offend me. And then QPR appointed Ainsworth. And I found it hate I fucking hate hate I've, I've never fucking forgiven Gareth Ainsworth for doing Tony Craig twice in one season.
2: Achtung, Milball! I'm looking at a wonderful photo of um, it's with the the interview with Joe Edwards. There's Joe Edwards. This must have been at Sheffield, listeners. Uh, Joe Edwards, Andy Myers, and Adam Barrett staring at like an iPad. And Adam's got like the, a wondrous look on his face, like these South Sea Islanders that have never seen the 20th century. And you know, when, well, when like they're they're, American
0: they're, like they're trying to give them fucking bananas, or like, and they're trying to give well, them no, there shit, was a, like all that a, kind the, of shit, yeah.
2: Well, they call it, the cargo cult, when an American bomber drops some stuff out of a, at, you know, over over an island. They they thought it was God talking to them or something, you know. And Adam's looking at this this iPad with wonder. Um, so that's the new that's the new regime. Listeners they're staring at iPads with statistics. Yeah, no, they, were
1: actually, yeah no, they were actually looking at porn up <laughs>
2: <laughs> You can say it's international break deal, listeners, can't you? Um, anyway, I, I just really like the style of, of Joe Thank Edwards. Is another interview here, Harry? The top teams proactively dominate the game. Anyone that uses the word proactive is fine. By me because that means fucking they know hell. what they're talking next, about.
0: Next Millwall will be following Bromley and asking us to have a football manager fucking tactician. You he's know? saying
2: he's saying about Jake Cooper and Wes Harding. People will have seen players like Coops and Wes and asked the question whether they're capable of this new style, the the the, the carrying the ball forwards, the the the, the Franz Beckenbauer approach, Now, are, are they are they are they capable of it? That's not what Joe said. Um he says they are about being collective. They with staying connected with uh, with the, the the man with the ball. Um, if he gets beaten, then you've got support. And um, this mentions uh Jules Savile's goal, great goal, and Brooke um Norton Cuffey's goal was another another good strike. So um I think he's I, I think he's gonna he's obviously got the squad he's got at the moment um to work with with its limitations, Harry. But I think he's going to place some higher expectations on some of these players. It's going to be interesting to see if they can indeed step up to it. Early signs at Sheffield and, you know, always the caveat, they're not very good. Seems to be quite hopeful. I think somebody, you know, the, we've seen Jake getting forwards in the past um, and then he was discouraged to do so by the previous regime. So maybe maybe there's more, more to the likes of, I mean, Wes Harding scoring goals suddenly, isn't he? So maybe we'll see some depths to players that we haven't seen previously. What do you think?
0: I feel like it's – I do feel like the, the weight of Gary It's curmudgeonly northern Midland shit has, has left the building. Um, <laughs> it does seem I
2: agree. I agree. I was having this conversation with Neil before you before you joined, actually, offline. I do I feel, feel like – I feel like – The players man, seem happier.
0: The players they, seem happier. They do. They do they, and, you know – I think it's easy to fake it for the, you know, the fuck-around training ground PR bullshit that comes out of football clubs these days. But in those moments after games and the little bits of the warm-up and stuff, when they're smiling, they look like they're enjoying their football. That's That instantaneously come, even under Barrett. They looked, in that Tuesday night, was it a Tuesday night against them? Um, it must be like Dewey having play. a miserable miserable bloke at
2: work that's left nil. I mean, it must be like having faceache in the corner. That everyone... Has to tolerate, and then, or he's maybe he's in charge as as, as Ray was, and then he's gone. It's it, it, there seems to be a light. So I was watching the the video the, I think the one that you're meaning, Harry, where they're they're they're, they're mucking about in the the uh, training ground team trying to put ping pong balls into egg cups and and the mug, and you know with points, and it, they just seem a little bit lighter in in their in their in their step. Um, it can only be a good thing, I think, Neil.
1: I think it goes to show that uh that everything that people have said and that I've said, that the previous regime wasn't that popular in in no. the dressing room. Uh, the players weren't particularly enamoured with the way that they were having or with the way that they were being asked to play. Uh, I think the good thing is that we are on an international break because I think that Joe Edwards probably only had three or four days to work with the players. By all sessions,
2: of, I think I read. Yeah,
1: yeah. By all accounts, they were very long sessions—over two and a half hour sessions—as opposed to hour-long sessions or whatever yeah. training session is. So, provide—I would have thought that he would have given them a couple of days off at least, and then it will be back in, except for those players that. Are away on international duty, and he'll really better get his point across and his ideas across in the next week. And he's already had probably had two, three, four days of working with the players. So yeah. it can only be a good thing. Actually, for once, looking at the Sheffield Wednesday game and looking at the appointment, I think it came at slap bang at the right time. They actually timed it. Pretty well, didn't they? That they got a game out of him, and now they've got a fortnight of Joe Edwards being able to get his philosophies across and the way that he wants the game played,
0: and he can work sell on more it. sell yep. more tickets for the Coventry game off the back of a good result commercially. Well, no bad
2: thing, Harry. No bad thing, exactly. mate. Is it? I mean, you know, I mean, we, we,
0: joint up thinking at Millwall. What's then? What's next? Joint up thinking in the government. You know,
2: Last game was a sellout. We've mentioned a number of sell- you know, near sellouts, sellouts we've had in the last few months, and and you know I'm sure the levels of excitement building um, that this this Coventry game is going to get close to that because I think there's a real there's a real hunger for what I think we're reading about. I'm just looking at um, the, the, the the football
1: that, and they're already talking about selling their full allocation of tickets. Yeah, I?
2: yes, mm-hmm. right. Yeah, some yeah of them's, uh the they've got three three thousand coming, but you know plus, when you yeah, read I'll stuff like on-
0: Or us having a little bit of a run before Christmas?
2: Well, I think if we can get some momentum going and, uh, you know, with a full house and a team that gets forward, which is always the bit that didn't happen under the previous regime, um, anything's possible. You're going to have to accept that you're going to win some, lose some, because it's an open style. And, you know, we could have conceded against Sheffield and, you know, we're going to maybe take a few goals in, in, um, against decent sides. But, you know, when you read stuff, I'm just looking at the four takeaways. Alex Grace for, for London News here. Um, it says here, this is his four takeaways, a bench in Sheffield. It looks like Edwards has taken the shackles off of a team and allowed them to get out there and play with freedom. Well, that's, you know, that that's that's meat and drink to the Millwall support, Harry. And that's that will put bums on seats if that's what the sense arises that that's the kind of Mill we are going to get. You know, more yeah. like the old, I, the old days.
0: I think as well, you've got to remember that if you draw two games, and you lose one, you're better off to lose two games and win one, you know. And I think it, it, it's just points-wise that that makes more sense as well. And I think you're more likely to do that being on the front foot than you are trying to get those two points by being compact and being defensively rigid and, you know, lump it forward mm. and get Murray Wallace to fucking just, I don't know, run around like an endless chicken at left back. Um, I'm picking on Murray, but I don't mean it. But it's just it's just been it's just been like that, and everyone sort of had apathy towards it. And I think something needed to change. I I I, I did call it right back at the in that first show of the season that we done the preview that if he didn't start well, the knifers were going to be out for him because of the way our last season ended. And it felt like the hangover run from I think maybe even Rowett himself. I just I just feel like that we're almost in shock, and I I feel like. Something had to give, and eventually it was Gary Rowett's time at Millwall. You know, it, it needed a change. And are we a million miles away from being the side we were last season in terms of um, sort of where we could finish in the league? I don't think we are. I, I just think we we maybe needed a breath of fresh air to come in and, and give people confidence and, and whatever again. And I, I I think that's what hopefully will happen now, as Nick's Cats decided to join the uh, join the recording. Yeah. <laughs> the cat just stepped on. I've got I've got the, 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 the uh, my old uh, apple here which is a bit slow
2: but does a job and the cat decided to step on it. So I'm I'm hoping I've got no break in the recording now and uh everything everything's carrying on as as it should have done. Yes, it does seem to be working still, thankfully. Um cat cat free. Um yeah, I mean, I mean just looking right... at some of these other pieces in, in...
1: Yeah, well, you're right boot is and sorts a cat out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs>
0: do oh, listen to, him, to the
2: man. 1970s, ladies and gentlemen. Don't, don't, listen, don't listen to the nasty man. Don't listen to <laughs> talking about uh, there's a piece here of Brook Norton Cuff Cuffy, <clears throat> scorer of a great fourth goal. Um, obviously, the, the, the plaudits went to Jules Savile. I, I will mention again, um, shortly, um, because he's been made the uh, Northern Irish captain, uh, for 50th time. Did I read 50 50th? 50th Is it 50th, 50th cap? cap? Yeah, and he's captain for the night. So, And he's also, uh, George Savile, this is his listeners, um, said he's would love to stay longer at the den. It's a bit of a come and get me type of, even though he's here already, kind of message that he's sending here. His contract is up in a year's time, apparently, um, an option. Yeah, fact, um,
1: yeah, no, it's actually up in the summer, but we've got an option of a year.
2: Of a further year. So um, certainly um, George has set his stall out. He'd love to stay. So I think he's made a real impact since he, he's been returned to the squad coming from the cold I love for him. whatever reason, for whatever reason that was. Um, but the likes of Norton Cuffey, um, they mentioned Danny Mac and, and Joe Bryan, whenever he can be fit again, um, all of them that's like that's to attack. I mean, it's, this should be – there's, there's people to come back into a side and certainly on the forward side, Harry, it's, it's looking hopeful, mate. It looks like we we have a team that do want to and can play attractive football going forwards. The defence is the only bit that's the the flying ointment, um, but hopefully we'll score more goals than we concede.
0: I, I think if defense fly the defence becomes flying ointment because we had nothing in front of it to hold the ball or no kind of idea of how to take any pressure off them. I think it becomes easy for other sides to pick that defence apart if they haven't got to worry about anything that you're going to do and you can't shut down their left back or right back when they're running at poor old Murray Wallace and Danny McNamara or or BNC. Um, but we, we literally, I don't know, it just feels, uh, I, yeah, it, it's, it's nice to be able to watch Millwall again and not feel like, you know what's going to happen before you watch the game. You've sort of got... Like you know
2: you're going to go home miserable. I think that's, yes.
0: that was, that's where I'd got. And, you know, um, as,
2: as as Neil knows, as you know, Harry, you're going regular to the den, you want to... It's an effort to get over there. It can be a mere of a journey sometimes. I think a lot of people would say this. You want to at least feel like you've got some chance of an entertaining game and win or lose, that somehow you've seen a spectacle of some sort. And that wasn't happening for a long while. It hasn't been happening. And now there's a sense that it can.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, what was our record? Somewhat like. Awful. awful. Six of 20 odd, was it? Or something like that? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely woeful record. And you've won it. Yeah, but that's your bread and butter at your home games, aren't they? Yeah, if you're not playing all at home, you're absolutely fucked.
0: They all didn't get into the playoffs last season because their home form was fucking abysmal from January to May. That is the main reason why we never got in the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but that we didn't start strike striker.
2: It's just dawned on me half an hour into the conversation, listeners. A, we we need to have an advertising break, but I haven't even done my pundit questions for this show. So I'm going to use the pundit questions as a chance to ask two questions for you. Punditgames.co.uk. Christmas is a coming, gentlemen. And this is a great football quiz game for the football head in your life. And... Each show, we've been doing little teaser questions to give you a sense of the kind of questions that you get in the quiz. You get five questions right in a row. You score a goal and defeat your opponent over however many minutes you want to play it for. So I've got two questions for you, chaps. We're going to take a break after that and come back with the answers after the advertising break. But um, first one up, Neil and Harry, answer after the break. This will be a Champions League question. This is a young Englishman who outshone Real Madrid stars at the Bernabeu in 2017 and announced his name on the European stage. He went on to start in the 2019 final, Champions League final, where his Tottenham side were unable to overcome Jurgen Kropp's Liverpool. Mauricio Pochettino famously compared him to both Xavi and Iniesta. High praise indeed. Compared by Pochettino to Xavi and Iniesta, that's question one. And that's a Champions League question. And just to give you a sense of the breadth of the questions that you get in uh, Pundit Games listeners, is a Football League question, which I always find really tough. That was a tough one. I wouldn't have known that Champions League one, to be honest with you. This is a Football League question, chaps. This is a centre-half, Ivory Coast um, International. He's played for Leeds, Leicester and Cardiff, to name a few. He beat cancer. He's still playing in England with Middlesbrough. His career has taken in Scottish football, then Leicester, Trabzonspor, and Spore, Palermo once, Leeds uh, United, Cardiff City in 2016-21, to 21, and 21-21 uh, Middlesbrough, 24 appearances, 46 international appearances for the Ivory Coast with one goal for international football. So we're going to take a short break, be back after these advertisements. Ready to pop the question?
0: So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch.
2: $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Achtung, MailBall. (laughs) All right, so let's see if we can get uh, how we do with the uh, the Pundit Games questions. Harry, punditgames.co.uk, dear listeners, this is the English Star. Um, who played in the 2019 final for Spurs? Ma Pochettino compared him to Xavi and Iniesta. Any ideas? No. Neil?
1: No, I was probably asleep at the time.
2: Harry Winks. Harry, Harry Wink Winks compared by yeah. Pochettino. Don't know, don't know who he is. No, he played in the final. Apparently, um, I beat me. And second question, football league question. Um, the Ivory Coast International, Leeds, Leicester and Middlesbrough currently after beating cancer. Um, any ideas, boys? Soul Bamba. Soul Bamba. Excellent. Well done. Do check out uh, punditgames.co.uk for your Christmas presents. Gentlemen, thank you for indulging my need to try and press the... Uh, the Pundit Games button there. The, the Lions Food Hub do get a, a, a donation every time you select the Akhtang Millwall when you buy the game. So it's well worth, uh, if you want to get a good game for Christmas, they, uh, the, the Food Hub do benefit from that, listeners. Um, anyway, moving along, um, I was watching Casper um, de Noor's Millwall TV interview, Perhaps he speaks really good English, Casper, doesn't he? Um, and he's loving the new regime. He says it's a little bit more based on possession when we have the ball. And he likes it because he likes to have the football. He's a player that loves to have the ball. He likes to get a lot of touches. And this is the most unmillwall conversation, Neil, I think I've ever had on Millwall television. A player that wants the ball, is good with the ball and recycles it to the blue shirts, generally Millwall. Um, he's a refreshing player, isn't he? He's a really, really strong signing, Casper Denor.
1: What a player. Absolutely. What a player. Can anybody remember him having a bad game? No. This season? Or can anybody remember him having a bad 10 minutes this season? He no. has been slap bang on it from the moment he set foot in into the club. And he's 16 yeah, um, yeah, well, let's be honest. Aldo... I know that H probably won't like him but then again H doesn't like very many people.
0: I don't <laughs> mind Aldo. I've got nothing I've got
1: nothing I've Aldo, got nothing
0: but respect for Aldo to be fair. Aldo
1: has pulled off
0: an absolute blinder with this one. He does one a year, doesn't he? Fleming if... de I am I, I'm waiting I, I think I one. think
2: he I, well I think he I think he's done one already because there's actually a really good and it's it's a nice lead in actually. Um Slightly unplanned leading, but anyway, there it is. I, I dug out the Alex Aldrich interview, it's with um, Richard Corley. On the you can find it on the South, uh, South London Press website, listeners, There's a really in depth interview with Alex Aldridge. It's quite an interesting interview, and it goes into how they found and uh, did the deal to get Joe Edwards through the door um, at the den and Andy Myers, because there's also another piece on Andy Myers, which is another interesting. Um, articles with lots of talk about Joe Edwards Um, but Andy Myers also has a fairly good uh, track record um, with Chelsea obviously but he's also coached in Holland with uh, with uh, uh, Vitesse Arnhem so you know these are uh, men that have clearly uh, coached and worked at some with some pretty high level uh, individuals but it's, it's just interesting Alex goes into how um, and the kinds of things they were weighing up in the in the process to settle eventually on Joe Edwards. Um, apparently, Aldrich uh, Alex Aldrich um, had contact with Edwards when he uh, Stoke signed a Chelsea player called Lewis Baker in January 22. That's when Alex was working for Stoke City. Um, but he said that the, there was a, a sense from James Berrelson, and the brief he was given was to find a young um, a young coach rather than one of the old sweats that have done the rounds. I think that's a really interesting um approach and it's it's interesting to see it in, come out in the in the interview um it's and it's in all
1: yeah there's no way that he should be with us so i no. po- pulled off an absolute blinder as yeah well as he did with the young irish lad And Marky.
2: Okay. The, the thing
1: is
2: the that comes him. across here and and you're you're a man with connections Neil Um, But the the Alex Aldrich um, contact list seems to be quite extensive. He says, in my role, it's important to have connections with the people who you can speak to at other clubs about players and clearly managers. So you start doing your homework to find Gary Rowett's successor. And there was a big volume of people who spoke very highly of Joe Edwards, uh, Chelsea, Everton, and then the FA, obviously. A lot of people spoke highly, recommending Joe, and spoke about the levels of his uh, coaching ability Is an intelligent and deep-thinking coach. Um, I think, think, you know, if we're going to identify, you know, it's early days for Joe Edwards, but, you know, given these kinds of ingredients, who knows how it'll work out for him. But you can't do much better than appoint somebody that looks so clearly to have all the right ingredients to do do a good job. And I think we've got to congratulate uh, the club, uh, James Berrelson, for setting the brief, but also Alex for finding the man because you get a sense reading this that um, he, he was a big player in, 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 the, um, in the deal to bring Joe Edwards in, which I think is interesting. Yeah, well,
1: I, I think, yeah, what tickled me, actually, last week was the thought of Alex, who I've known for a long time. Long time, yeah. Phoning up and asking Jose Mourinho or...
2: Thomas uh, or, Tuchel. Yeah.
1: Because <laughs> <the>, cool. <laughs> yeah. big. Because part of the process is they give references. Um, yeah. uh, and Joe Edwards referenced it in his welcome interview, how in-depth Alex went to speak to his references. So if you've stuck uh, Thomas Tuchel and Jose Mourinho down as your
0: reference, hello. <laughs> yeah, well, hello. They're, vouching.
2: they're vouching for can your, can they're you. Vouching imagine, for your, can
0: you imagine yeah. him ringing, ringing up fucking Jose at Roma? Who's having a torrid start <laughs> to the season at Roma? Brilliant! Oh, I've got no fucking time for this. Fuck <laughs> off! Yeah, but it's
1: just absolutely superb that you that you you yeah, went through who who who's yeah, you worked for. People down, and then you have to phone them up for a reference, and yeah, you could stutter through the conversation, couldn't you? Yeah, it's like whenever it's an interesting, I'm interesting part
2: of the piece here. though. I mean, it makes a good point. It's one of the criticisms. When we did our first Welcome Joe Edwards show, or reaction show when it was first appointed, there was quite a few were quite a few voicemails expressing doubts and concerns about his inexperience and and all the rest of it. And to some level, those doubts maybe for some will will be remaining. I don't know, but just reading this this article here, uh, Rich said compares uh, the the pressure that you get working for a club like Chelsea in their academy that they're not spending money in these academies. With the intention of not producing players. There is a pressure to producing the goods there. Um, he mentions Roman Bramovich at the time being um, you know, following the Academy's work closely. Uh, money's being spent and there is a pressure in 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 finding um and producing names and players. And he mentions quite a few players here that have come through their their system. So Yeah, did um, they
0: keep any of them though, Nick. Uh, Nick, rather.
2: Well, that's but that's not going to be down to Joe Edwards, is it? That's going to be
0: part
1: of their brief. Yeah, but part of their brief is he. Yeah, he's under financial fair play is to produce players and then sell them.
2: Who knows? Who knows how this is all going to work out? And you know, it's it's fine to say Chelsea this and Chelsea that. I just like the idea that we have an aspiration to improve the youngsters coming through our system and to create, a, what's the, the cliche, the pathway, the pathway is the cliche, isn't it, uh, into the first team because that's not been something that's happening as often as I would have liked to many other Millwall fans because that's no. who we are. We, we we produce good young players and then we want to see them in the first team and we have to accept we're probably going to have to sell them at some point but hopefully for a decent profit. Um, but it's an interesting piece, well worth a read, any any listeners out there that haven't seen it, It's on the London News Online website and um yeah, I do have a do have a read of it. It's well worth it. Um, I had to laugh the other day, Harry. You're 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 the closest thing I've got to the youth. Harry, who's Harry? you sitting there Stay looking now. at me. And I had to laugh the other day because Roman Essay um deleted a tweet. He has got a deal with sketches, sketches trainers. And um I replied back because I've also got a pair of sketches. And I thought suddenly if Roman Essay is is wearing sketches, that makes me hip and I'm gonna be, you know, hanging with the the kids of Newham doing their R&B kind of break dancing or whatever they get up to
0: in, in the kids these days. I think it's, more, to, I think it's more like they running around stabbing people. It <laughs> you know, there seems to be more of a thing that the kids do. <laughs> there's a lot of that going on.
2: Um, but anyway, yeah, I've got a pair of sketches too. Uh, Matt, Matt Richards replied back to me that uh, that's like having Damart underwear. So uh, maybe it's not as hip as I wanted to think it's, it um, was.
0: It's, it's all started with Harry. I think Harry Kane started it. Harry Kane has sketch of football boots. They're in black and they've got um, like a gold foot plate on the bottom. It's all to do with boot deals. So they've got, uh, Harry Kane's got, um, obviously Romo and SA he's now got them. Um, but I, I delete, don't. It,
2: the club must have made him delete the, the the twigs. It was only up briefly. And then no, I now wonder the if,
0: I wonder if there's a thing about not advertising your own boot deal. Cause every other player would have had a boot deal. Yeah, and he's oh, also young, he may, he may not have been aware of that. Uh, that, yeah. That, that, that uh, clause or whatever. I don't know if it's a control. Who's big. his agent, Neil? Do you know who his agent is? No, I is don't. I think, um,
1: yeah, but he might be with new, uh, new Era, the Rio Ferdinand people. I
0: don't know, to be honest with you. Mm. Anyway, famous famous, famous famous for uh, Connor, what's his name? What was his name? Another Millwall fucking youngster, his yeah. Name? Well, I'm gonna... Wilson,
1: who'd love to actually improve
0: himself.
2: I'm gonna put it? a tweet out saying that I wear the same Roman SA wears the same trainers as me. That's gonna be my next big
0: tweet, ladies and gentlemen. Campaign. All football, just, just my public <laughs> service announcement to say how much down with the kids I am. Football boots should be black, that's that's just <laughs> how they are. They should be, be neither no colors unless you are. Fucking the old fat Ronaldo or something like that. I might let you off, but if you're a centre back, you wear black boots. I don't understand. I, I just don't understand. Now, maybe this is old man. You know, uh, is, welcome to the rest of my life.
2: Point
0: H. He's yeah. actually with the unique sports group. Oh, who who, who runs that? wasn't don't
1: it. Uh, yeah, wasn't it the guy that uh, whose dad was on the bill?
0: Salt House. Was it Will House's group? I don't know, mate. don't know. Obviously, I was expecting him to be... With, I thought he'd be with someone... To be honest, when you said like Rio Ferdinand's group, I thought that probably fits in more to what I expected, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, no, unique, hard really big, Really big.
2: Their name I've seen around. I mean, I don't know one one agency from another, but um, I've seen their name knocking around. So, um, anyway, good luck to Roman essay. It's nice to have uh, the same trainers as one of the leading... England uh rising Internationals. Like if he's I, I, I like to think Harry saw me up in the in the in the in the West Upper wearing my sketches trainers. Thought I've got to get on that. That's what I've got I've, to get on to as well.
0: I, I'd like to think the reason he's gone to black boots is that he saw me at the under forties game <laughs> last season playing up front. I thought, What a guy. With my 16 and a half stone running around like a fucking headless chicken. Yeah, to be honest, caught... I felt to be honest, I felt like Kevin Braniff in his prime. That's that's how much I uh, I felt like.
1: Yeah, we probably looked at you, H, and thought, "I've got to bloody keep fit this summer."
0: I was doing a, t- I was doing a, t- I was doing was doing a turn for the club. Yeah, you were doing a turn, and it was a three point turn. Yeah, fucking was, mate. <laughs>
2: Dear listeners, Christmas is coming. You're going to be looking soon for Christmas presents, and I'm looking at four books here by a great author called Neil Fisler, called "A Season to Remember." And in fact, I saw you got a celebrity endorsement the other day, Neil, for this new series of um recollections of of the of match reports from the uh some Can great I seasons from the, the celebrity you have a go harry go on. which celebrity Is it it Ian be? holloway no 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 celebrity <laughs> endorsement from uh <laughs> mr d steve Baker, lomas, steve lomas. <laughs> um some great books here listeners uh, uh we're, um we're gonna do a show in its own right and this kind of this at uh, today's show has overtaken what i had in mind really but um if you're looking for a Christmas present for the Millwall fan in your life, you can do a lot worse than get a hold of Neil's books, which are covering the 64-65 season, 65-66, the promotion season classic uh, from Division 2, Division 1, to 1987-88, uh, and um, just prior to that a season that I remember very well, uh, the 75-76 season. Um, Neil, these are great books, mate. I've, I've got uh, got all four of them here. I understand you're doing the fifth one. Is that correct? Did you, did you say you're doing the fifth a fifth option at the moment?
1: The fifth one will be live tonight. It covers live. the 1989-1990 wow. season. So obviously the First Division our, season. Yeah. Our first, first Division season. Uh, These yeah, are the, great, great little books. Um, I just want to say celeb- well done. The celebrity endorsement for those people who did miss was actually from Danny Baker who bought yeah. the two books from the mid-60s and uh, was kind enough to to tweet me how much he actually enjoyed them and how much he enjoyed the the little news section that I've included in them. Uh,
2: then, then diary was little little tidbits of um information. Uh, there's match reports from each of the games of these those seasons. I'm just looking at 87, 88, just snatched it off my, my bookshelf. Um Mill 4, Huddersfield 1. This was a game played on the 19th of March. 1980 just in front of just 6,000 at the den listeners at Goldblown Lane and we were on 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 a run at the time going towards promotion um little match report teams and then you get a little kind of tidbit of information to go with that den diary um john doherty admits he still isn't a fan of the playoffs even if it gives me more chance of promotion he says i've never liked the idea i'm hoping we can avoid them and go up first time well didn't he do that Neil? um Brian Horn is in the England under-20 training squad before the summer trip to Brazil. And then you got other news from the second division. Um, that's a wonderful wonderful book, especially the ones that you remember. I mean, I remember 87-88, obviously, and the 75-76 the season. I think they just um, are wonderful um, reminders of times, wonderful times gone by. I was too young for 64-65 and 65-66, but they were promotions from... Division Four and Division Three successively under Billy Gray, Neil. Am I correct? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah. I'm too old. I'm too old for the. uh I'm too old for all four. <laughs> Nick. And yeah, if you want to feel, if you want to feel you're uh, happy, not too old. You're too young. Too young. Yeah. too young. Too young. But
2: these 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 seasons. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm not going to prejudge what Neil will do because I know he's he's a very shrewd man. But I'm guessing you're thinking already ahead as to what other seasons you might cover in a similar fashion, Neil. Um, but yeah I mean I when, when they yeah what happened in 1990
0: 1991 I know we got relegated but what the fuck happened because we got relegated like really fucking badly didn't we
1: well one, we, yeah, we, well, we, yeah but it kind of started at the end of the first season where we didn't win for 10 games and the writing was really on the wall the squad wasn't strong enough was it really and uh, well, once think, we you know, injured we didn't have players below that, did we? We had to rely on the likes no. of Sean Bar and Darren Treacy. Uh, yeah, with Dave think, Thompson, Tony Youngster, wasn't
2: he? I think the football back then, obviously, we're talking about late eighties, not football. And Millwall um, had based their game with good players, but there was—I mean, the Republic of Ireland based their, their game on a similar kind of idea that the, you know—you you got the ball forwards. Um, to the likes of Cascarino and Sheringham. You had, you had the likes of uh, Jimmy Carter on the wing and, and Kevin O'Callaghan and, and so on, Paul Stevenson. And the ball was pinging around the opposition uh, penalty area and it was direct stuff. The problem with that, as we've seen how many times in our our middle Lives generally, listeners, is that it, it, you can play that and it's like a cup tie approach and it's great when the, the adrenaline is high. Cold Blow lane, as it was then, was, was in full fury. Um, but you can't sustain it across a whole league season. I th- I'd rather think that's what we found in 87-88 now, because once we got past the, the Christmas point in that first season, um, the the it just became harder and harder as teams started to work out ways to beat that that system. And there were some good teams around at, the, at that point. I remember well the, the most cataclysmic match I've ever been in, really, in some ways, in the, the Millwall game. Millwall, situation was when we played Liverpool at the Den, and this would be late in the 87-88 see I think it was around about March, if memory serves, and it was packed. Um, there was officially 23,000 in Cold Blow Lane, which was which was very packed. I think there were more in there because I got there late, and I, I think I've said before, and apologies if I'm repeating myself, but it was the only time where I couldn't actually, got, got right at the back of the Cold Blow and couldn't see the game. And we scored. I don't know how Danny Salmon scored for us down at the other end at the Alderson Road end. And I got caught in a crowd surge, you know, like you used to see on the old, the, the Anfields and where the crowd would surge like a sea. And I got carried forwards. I had no power over the, you, you just went, went with it. There's no, my feet were actually off the ground. And I was carried forward. <laughs> I found myself in a little spot where it was, it was. you actually had a view of the game. And it was. it was quite fortunate. I managed to see the rest of the game. But we were playing... I would argue the best team in Europe at that point. They were under a ban through, um, from the uh, Heysel Stadium issues, and but we were playing, you know, Barnes and and um, uh, the Irish player Aldrich was playing for them. Um, it, it was it was a fantastic Liverpool side, probably one of the best ever, and we matched them. We were going toe to toe. We actually took the lead, but then their football did in the end overturn us and we lost it 2-1. But for me, it's one of the biggest moments because we actually were in the game. We, we, we took the lead. We were, we were, we were matching them um, pound for pound until quality told. And I think that, if you want it in a nutshell, is what we found over and over again in our minimal lives. I'm hoping that's what we can start to deal with now with Joe Edwards because in the end, quality tells and quality told in 87-88 and it would certainly tell the season after in in 88 um, 89 when we got relegated um Just to pick
1: up one thing nick yeah. uh the liverpool game was actually in 88 89 and right. uh, the 87 88 was the promotion winning season of
2: course of course yeah and and no of played, course you're right yeah it's the, the,
1: yeah but we played this liverpool was the second right. division
2: season
1: we actually played liverpool right at the end of that that 88 89 season well, it was actually a game that was postponed to allow Liverpool to play Celtic in a Super League game uh, or a Super mm. Cup match in Dubai. Uh, yeah. So it was put back till the end of the season. Liverpool were on a huge run. They're on a very, very long run at the time. You have to know that because I only wrote the match report in the last couple of days. Yeah. And. Uh, and we got caught out. We actually got caught out by a very, very poor refereeing decision by Alan Gunn, a Sussex referee, right. uh, for Liverpool's second goal. He overruled a linesman's flag, and uh, they scored okay. and one So we were kind of, we were kind we were of there about. Yeah, yeah.
2: Well, we were. We were watch. in it. We were. We were title contenders, Neil. League, league championship. That's what I was going to say.
1: Yeah, well, we were spoken about as title contenders right up until March, the middle of March.
2: And uh... I think we 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 beat Aston Villa two 0 I remember we we went to Arsenal, drew yeah. 0-0 when Les Bridie scored a famous long range shot that was given offside. I think,
0: um, but we so that's a goal that contenders. basically could have robbed them of the title. That my dad talks about even now. It's like yeah. the, it's one of my dad's like visceral memories of fucking. It, 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 you, you, your old man will take that, that to his saw. final
2: days, Harry. That will, yeah. That's the kind of thing that will hurt forever. You know,
0: because it was. Um, but yeah, I mean, robbed that library kind of thing. We
2: were, we would we, we were contenders. So the only thing I would say, with the benefit of hindsight, and you know, listeners, tell me if you see it differently, is that we we just we had a fantastic first choice eleven, but we didn't have the depth. And Neil's mentioned some of the players that we had to to fall back on. Um, whereas other sides, were, well, it was Liverpool we've, we've mentioned already, but yeah, that was the season, I think, that Arsenal won the the title with the yeah. last kick of the game, the famous Michael Thomas, um, yeah. you yeah. know, yeah. live on yeah. TV. So, um, yeah, but I mean, it was... 80, my question yeah, kind of goes well.
0: to, like, why the, why the next season did we go from, I know we only had 11, why didn't we, why did we do Millwall, shall we say, and... And not build on what was a great first season in an, in the top flight, and and why did it go so badly wrong? Because I've, I've never. Everyone talks about, you know, as someone that didn't live it, Everyone talks about that season, but no one really ever kind of. It's no one wants to talk about that season. It's almost like it's been erased. It's just like oh, we we're, we're in there for one season. Everyone sort of doesn't talk about the the, the relegation season. Obviously, I understand why, but.
2: What you're really talking about is, in my opinion, listeners, is one year. And that's 1988 because you've got the back end of the 87-88 that the book Neil's done covers. So we really only turned it on that season from the Christmas of 87 onwards. So you could say, say January 88 was a was an adrenaline rush towards promotion in the uh, in April May at the end of the season. Then the 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 incredible elation of being in the first division across the summertime. We had signings coming in. I remember Ian Dawes signing for us, and I think George Lawrence signed for us in was he the previous season? I can't remember how it went there. but we 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 had the rush, the adrenaline rush of getting into the first division. So the opening games of nineteen eighty-eight from August through to September, I remember well with beaten Everton two-one at home um the first game in the in the top flight against derby beating them 1-0 um and it was like like 1988 was one huge cup run millwall cup run you imagine every game you're going to you have the the adrenaline high of a big cup run with the priors just within grasp all the way and then into the first division and suddenly incredibly rather than being bottom of the table and losing like by three four goal margins as all of us probably privately <laughs> expected to happen. Lo and behold, the cup runs idea continued, and we had some incredible games. I mean, the the atmosphere against—I've um, probably mentioned this before. Forgive the ramblings of an old man, but the atmosphere against um, Everton, N- Nottingham Forest—I've mentioned a few times was incredible. You know, you 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 left the den with your ears ringing, like you'd been at the front row in a Led Zeppelin concert or something. You know, where you, your ears were slightly blasted by the noise of the halfway line. Um, The problem with a cup run, Harry, to answer your question, is it runs out and you can't live forever like that. If only you could. Um, And I think if you look back now, all these years later, we we had a good 1988, actually. The 89, it all started to fall away. We never really invested um, when we did invest
0: yeah, money when we, was we, we did invest,
2: nil, we invested badly. We invested in Goddard, didn't yeah. we? We invested, a, like...
0: invested in a new stadium, didn't we? That was why the was announced, wasn't it? Yeah, well, that
2: came to pass afterwards. That came to pass later with the um... yeah, well,
0: two
1: questionable decisions at the end of the '88 '89 season. Teddy Sheringham got sent off in the game, yeah, um, and and he dropped him uh, for a couple of games and despite him, and yeah yeah you yeah, John doherty dropped him for a couple mm. of games and despite us struggling because Sheringham was facing a three match ban he decided he was going to stick with Dean Horrocks who yeah. was uh, because obviously Horrocks he, he he said we're going to play the three games that Sheringham right yeah was going to be out for so he stuck with him for a couple of games before that and Horrocks was struggling and and just, yeah, but just fine margins like that. And the goals dried up from Cascarino.
2: Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and he moved on, didn't he? Cascarino moved on late in the 89 90 season. I think there was he was sold to, was it Villa he went to Cass after he left us? I think he went in the in yeah, the 80- He left
1: us, didn't he? He left us. Yeah,
2: 88.
1: Yeah. Deadline.
2: To Teddy Sheringham's eternal credit, and I would, you know, I've never uh, people called him Judas and all this kind of stuff um, for stupid reasons, in my opinion. But he actually stayed around because you asked.
0: Am- he went to West Ham in two thousand and four. Yeah, yeah, but, but what one. he
2: also what he also he, did Harry, he was he stuck with us in Division Two. He got relegated back to Division Two with us, and stuck around for that. You asked at the start of the conversation about 1990-91, when we we came very very close to. Certainly playoff. We, we, we got beat in the playoffs, didn't we? We should have probably have made it into the top two that season. But his goals, I think he scored, was it 38 goals that season? I can't remember how many he got now. He got, he, he got about
1: 33 in the league, didn't he? Or yeah, plus
2: other comps. Yeah. So he stuck around and he, he stayed with us. In the, I mean, players wouldn't do that now. So... All, any any listeners that want to call him Judas, well, you know Judas didn't stick around and and help try and get his team back into the first division, so um, take that with a pinch of salt. Um, anyway, four four great books here, Neil. Um, they're all for sale at VictorPublishing.co.uk. Um, I'll stick a link with the this this show. We've put links out already on on the uh, Twitter feed. I just recommend anyone to buy them. Each one of them individually, you'll you'll learn stuff that um, either you remember or you didn't know. Um, I remember the 75-76 and 87-88. Two fantastic seasons. 75-76 is my formative season. First time I ever tasted success at the Den. We got promoted from the third division to the second division. And there's Trevor Lee on the front cover, one of my favourite ever players. So... You know, uh, for anyone in your life who knows these seasons or is a Mill fan, then these are great, great buyers. A season to remember by Neil Fissler. VictorPublishing.co.uk um, Achtung, I also want to mention the Achtung Mill calendar, which is in print at the moment, dear listeners, which will benefit the Lions Food Hub. I've gone f- a, a theme of players of the season since my choice of players of the season since your choice. The new, the new oh, okay, my choice. your choice. Well, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't choose Jordan Archer and uh, Harry, who was player of the season in 2016, 17? One of the league one season?
1: i oh, that he's actually of yeah, of thirty seasons. He's picked out twelve players of the season. Oh,
2: twelve. Something. Yeah. So Sean, Sean had.
1: Own players of the season, eight. I could see, yeah, but I could see your mind working there.
2: Okay, that's good. You won't, you won't. No, it's 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 a selection. So it's one one player. What my choice? I mean, you know, it's not. You do anything in this life, you do your own choices in the end. So um, my choice from those players, I didn't choose Jordan Archer, which um, obviously his, his career, founded somewhat. I did choose Tony Warner. Tony Warner's in there. Right, then. Um. Denzel, yeah, and uh, Sean Hutchinson and Neil Harris. Uh, anyone ever heard of Neil Harris? Um, got him in there. Uh, Darren Ward, twice player of the season, Darren Ward. Definitely. I hadn't realised. Yeah, he won, he
1: won it back to back. He won it back to back in the year that we got to the FA Cup final. He did. Who's the other? I had
0: who's my ear other... like Darren Ward. This is how bad it was. I had did my hair know, in the, my... We in, need to in, see photos that of that,
2: line. Harry. So Darren Ward, twice, twice player of the season. Which other player? Twice player of the season, Harry, in those 30 years. Another player won it twice.
0: Hmm. Easy. Jimmy Abdu. Got... Was it Jimmy, Jimmy Abdu. Abdu? Jimmy, fucking hell. Jimmy that Abdu. If doesn't, that doesn't fucking explain <clears throat> the club in one decision, I don't know what will.
2: Explain your <sighs> lack
0: of knowledge, LH, to be honest. Oh, huh?
1: <laughs> Jimmy Ab- Come on, Jimmy.
0: Hey, I've, what I've started to what I've started to realise is I've, I've sort of hit, I'm, I'm moving towards my mid thirties, and I you think I've
2: Millwall.
0: I, I'm having a. i have millwall i am having remember the bits of Millwall that I want to remember, and I, I'm starting to discard bits <laughs> of shit that I don't need to remember. Like I, for some unknown reason, still remember a midfield of David Brammer. Right, Dave Brammer think, was um, Stoke yeah.
2: player, wasn't he? He came to us. Um
0: fucking, no. so I'll remember, and, and shit forwards, if we want to do a show on absolutely terrible Millwall forwards, I remember all of our terrible fucking forwards, but you asked me a particular good Millwall player, I seem to re- disregard that knowledge, because it's easier to remember the shit rather than it is to remember the good. Another,
2: another twi- two times player of the season, we've got Jimmy Adu. we've got Darren Ward, one other.
0: Is it Jed? No. Ooh. Don't know. Uh, Mill will always give go for someone fucking hard working. Um, Bart
2: Bielkowski. Bart Bielkowski. Yeah.
0: Oh, yeah. Bart won it, didn't
1: he? Uh, the twenty nineteen twenty. That COVID 2021? season.
2: Yeah. 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 So your players of the season. My choice of players of the season, and I'll, I'll hear no
0: dissent Does on this. Show that I don't vote in the player of the season more <laughs> than anything because I never <laughs> fucking vote in it. I never. You
1: can never vote in it because they make it so difficult to vote
0: in it oh this is the this clang for the this is the slag off the msc section of the podcast michael <laughs> Avery. hello
1: yeah no it's not it's just that instead of pitching up and putting an x in a box yeah and putting and putting that bit of paper in a box they want your membership number and this that, that and is the ain't other ain't, and it's not it all. ain't
2: difficult it ain't difficult is that the sean hutchinson jimmy also- Bart Bilkovsky, Alan Dunn, player of the season, 29 to 10, (laughs) David Ford, Lee Gregory, player of the season, 2018 to 19, Mr. Neil Harris, player of the season, 1998-99, Matt Lawrence, 2000-2001, Steve Morrison, 2016-17, Paul Robinson, uh, 2007-8, Danny Chittu, 2012 to 13, and Darren Walden mentioned, and Tony Warner. Those are your, my selection. And I've got photos courtesy of Brian Tongs. Big thank you, Brian Tongs. That was nice, really nice photos. What kit, so, what
0: kit is Tony Warner in?
2: Warner. He's in Was in his goalkeeper's kit. He's in. Um, of
0: course, but what colour? It's uh,
2: yellow Ryman, yellow Ryman with black oh, shorts. Ryman. And the, 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 the strange mill badge that's got a blue, like a dark blue background rather than the two. Pattercake cake lions, as I call them.
1: You know what, yeah?
2: Mm.
1: Well, you read through that list then, Nick, and yep. Shitty was player of the year 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. That's yeah. what we do. Got yeah, CFA, what we got TFA Cup semi-final 10 years ago.
2: Well, this is the reason I included him, because it, it, a, it's kind of forgotten, that, that run. I mean, you know... Because we didn't play anyone decent, that's why. And it, it didn't end well, but it was the FA Cup semi-final, whether you like it or not, you know. And I thought, well, actually, that's—I uh, didn't include others because you have to make a, a selection, and I, f- I felt kind of bad on Jordan Archer. He, he finished up, um you know, as a laughing stock when he was Player of the Season, and rightly so because that's a that's a vote of a number of people. I haven't many voted for it? I don't know, but. He was a good goalkeeper at League One level, and it didn't he go right for him. In
1: his player of the years, but um, yeah, he was um, probably the only one that's ever been booed when when going up <laughs> to collect his award.
2: I so don't know. I, last, it
0: is, I don't know. Last at the end of last season, when they ended them out, if there was fucking one man and his dog left, otherwise they would have been booed. There's a question, glorious, it, glorious a question. a question for you, idea. Harry. Before we
2: before we, f- we finish up, Neil Harris, how, how many? Uh, Millwall appearances and how many goals? Is it I'll give 100... you ten. I'll give you ten either way.
0: Is it hundred and is it hundred and twenty Millwall goals?
2: Hundred and thirty-eight club record goals. Oh, that weren't bad. Um, how many starts and how many substitute appearances for Oh
0: my three! Right, so we're talking. So you've got to remember Neil cancer, So you've got to lose seasons of that. I reckon. About 250 appearances or win. More, more than that,
2: mate. Uh, more? 300, no. 300, 300, 323 starts, 108 as a sub, 138 goals, which is a club record. He had a, a career from 1998-2004, then came back 2007-2011. to 2011, Player of the season in 1998-99. And incidentally, listeners, he was manager from 2015-19 to and got us promoted. In 2016 to 17, and is the only player that I've termed a club legend on this calendar because so I remain convinced that he is a club legend in the true sense of the word. With some of the other there we are. I think we've probably reached the end of the show,
0: chaps. Missed that earth uh, golden boot winner, golden boot winner, who,
2: who he won the uh, golden uh,
0: boot, didn't he? Did they, the season we went up, Oh nil? yeah, did he? Yeah. I
1: didn't know
0: yeah but he, yeah but that's the reason
1: why i took the penalty wasn't it in the last
0: yeah
2: uh, it's a
1: like, perhaps, oh, well.
0: Moody. of
2: course oh. yeah absolutely well, yeah no you're right then fans up I, 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 I was, i've got quite a bit of info and i was trying to keep it to a brief kind of um, factual thing on there rather than go over the top but no that's a fair point fair point I'm going to close us there, listeners. Oh, by the way, do send me your voicemails. Um, It's always good to get voicemails. (laughs) After the one I listened
0: to the other day, fuck me.
2: (laughs) It is. They're they're good. I like them. And it makes for a really different kind of show. And I really welcome after, especially post-game, but any other time, if you like, really send them over. We'll throw them in. And um, it's good stuff. Um, voicemail me. You can get two ways to voicemail me. One is on Twitter if you go to direct messages, and my messages are open to all sorts of sex bots and god knows what else. So you can send me a voicemail. (laughs) Welcome to the new X ladies from from the the, the Far East expressing an interest in Millwall and and especially Philippines. Is it your regular
0: trip? 1975,
2: 76 there's a little voicemail if you send send a direct message there's a voicemail option you get i think about two minutes and it cuts out but you can send another one to and i will edit it listeners i pride myself my editing tab- or you can so send, only if you're privy fans. to my um my mobile number you know, you can voice uh whatsapp me on, on that as well so um there we are Oh, one last thing just to close this this is the cruelty of football um so to, so they, we, we mentioned all the the highs today, but what about Ryan Sandford, who was for many years our um uh deputy goalkeeper? He's always named in and around the squad at Millwall. Um, following his release, he's been released by AFC, uh, AFC, AFC. Wimbledon, AFC Wimbledon rather, and he's finished up at Dartford. And that's 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 the, t- the ladder of football, Harry. It's a long way up yeah, and a hot tumble down, isn't it? When it comes,
0: yeah. Um, I think he's just the young goalkeeper who needs to play. I think playing is a Playing yes. is an underrated skill for football players these days. They don't. Play he was enough.
2: highly rated. I, he was highly rated, wasn't he? Um, I thought. Um, I
0: don't think he's. I don't think he's too old. Goalkeepers have got a bit of a different different career, and they than, than any other position. So hopefully, he can rebuild his career. I and, hope uh, so. I hope so. And go forward. I I, I have more hope for Brian than I do for Jordan, shall we say? But there we go. There we go. <laughs> Nice and there's a, there's TV it's a It's a nice TV
2: it's a nice setup at Dartford, actually. I went I, I went and played golf there. They've got a golf course next to it the other day. And played golf mm. there. Yeah, it's a nice anyway. setup.
0: There. They've, got, they've got a, a couple of three G pitches at the front, haven't they?
2: That's yeah, they awesome. do. It's a training ground and, and the stadium itself. Neil, I want to say thank you for joining us today. Big thank you, Neil Fistler. And big no, thank no. you, Harry Warren. Cheers, mate. Pleasure as always. Thank you to you too, dear listeners. Until the next edition from International Break Yachtong, it's a Riva Mill. And Bye for now no